This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Nirvana Sisters Podcast, where we take the intimidation out of well-being and beauty to help you achieve your highest state, your nirvana. We are sisters-in-law and your hosts. I'm Amy Sherman. And I'm Katie Chandler. So let's get into some real conversation. Welcome back to the show, Nirvana Sisters family. In this week's part two episode with Dr. Deborah Block, we really get into the details. So last week we talked about why chiropractic care is good for you and all of the benefits, but this week we really go deep into things you can do on a daily basis that can help you, what to expect when you go to the chiropractor, what to look for, and more. So enjoy this episode. It's full of tips and tricks that we think will be really helpful. Amy, I'm curious why you were so scared of the idea of being adjusted. I mean, I love going in and getting my neck adjusted. And I know like some, like, didn't you tell me, Amy, that like that the whole thing kind of freaks you out, the, the whole neck adjustment? I just want to tell you that Amy's asked me to rub her and touch her and examine her. <laughs> I love a good massage and good hands on my neck. I mean, always. Just the She's idea of our whole moving your bones into a different place, like, Only because, and I'm sure people that are listening feel the same way, like you've heard the horror stories of like, oh my God, I went to a chiropractor, I got my neck adjusted and like, I can't move. Or like you hear these, and and it's myths. And that's one of the things I wanted to ask you, Debbie, like those Mm -hmm. common myths that people hear about. And I think that's why it was always, because it's not just like, you know, you're, you're adjusting the body. And if you don't go to someone good, something could happen. I mean, you're super qualified. And of course I trust you with everything. So like, I felt so good. And it was funny, um, Katie, cause Debbie was like, Oh, I can refer you to someone closer. You don't have to like drive, you know, half an hour to see me. I'm like, no, I'm not going to anybody else. Right. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's intimate to your point and you want to trust the person you're with. And so I think that's why I, I just had to get over the fear. And now I would happily go back, um, to do it. But I think there's probably a lot of people that feel the way that I do. So Deb, what are you seeing as like myths that you can dispel for people? There's lots of people who feel that way. And I do a tremendous amount of work. You know, my psychology degree really helps me with every single person. I I can sense and pick up on that even when someone's not telling me. So I really learn how I've learned how to, and it's one of the, I think, um, it's one of the things I think every doctor should have is an understanding of where their patient's coming from and, and being, being able to sense their own comfort or discomfort. Um, but yeah, no, I do, I do a lot of communication and explanation. And if I have to go really slow with people, I do. Um, we have non-aggressive options that if I have to start out, you know, with an instrument instead of my hand so that they're not feeling the vertebra moving, then I will do that. Um, but I do a lot of communication and a lot of explanation to get patients to feel more comfortable and, you know, ease into it slowly. Um, there are a lot of myths. Some of them are kind of laughable. My favorite one is, Hey doc, you know, I've watched Jackie Chan movies and he always breaks people's necks. And are you going to do that to me? (laughs) (laughs) Half the time I want to be like, how dumb are you? But I don't say that. Um, but you know, I, first thing I say is, okay, that's a movie, you know, like that's (laughs) that's fake. And I never took that class in school. Like, you know, I never learned how to break necks. I only learned how to fix them. Um, no, I mean, are there any, um, um, you know, concerns and real reasons to be concerned? Um, 
it's few and far between. Um, and I will tell you that malpractice insurance wise, this is always interesting to people. When you look at healthcare providers, we have the lowest malpractice insurance cost of any healthcare provider because it's relative to the amount of injuries that are caused by the people in your profession. Wow. Um, so the number of malpractice suits for somebody having been injured by a chiropractor are very, very low. So chiropractors malpractice insurance, like in comparison to a gynecologist, an OBGYN, who's, I don't even know what the numbers are, but, you know, really exorbitant chiropractors are really, really very low rates because we really don't have many, uh, many injuries. Um, there are myths. The biggest one probably is besides this, you know, one that I just shared before is stroke. That's, you know, people are like, mm. am I going to have a stroke? Mm. And where that comes from is that there are patients with stroke symptoms that present like lots of other chiropractic patients, neck pain, headaches, fatigue, um, range of motion restriction. Those are typical for stroke, for a stroke patient. And they walk in and they are most likely going to have a stroke sometime within the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. And if I were to do a Doppler ultrasound on those patients, which would evaluate the arteries in the neck, I would most likely see a clot, what's called a thrombus, sitting in the artery waiting for that moment. Mm. And so if we don't properly screen for those patients with those um, issues, is there a possibility that we could adjust them and they could end up having a stroke a couple of days later and then thinking it was the chiropractor who did it? Yes, that's happened. And chiropractors have had issues, you know, with that before. Um, but it has been proven that it is not the chiropractor that caused the stroke. The stroke was going to happen, but the patient came in with symptoms similar to neck pain, headache, you know, patients and the chiropractor that treated them didn't catch it because a Doppler ultrasound is not something you're going to order unless there's, you know, a very clear reason to do so. Yeah. So let's talk, let's talk about that. Let's talk about when a patient comes in as a new patient, the screening that they go through, the the diagnostic processes that you do to decide, you know, what they need, et cetera. Yeah. Um, So Obviously, um, patients fill out a lot of paperwork before they come in. They give me their whole health history as well as their genetic family history. And have they had chiropractic care before? Have they had traumas? Have they had um, car accidents, uh, you know, athletic injuries? So we get a little bit of a picture just from what they've filled out on paper. And then we sit down and have a detailed consultation where I ask all of those questions and we talk about them in depth. Um, you know, what what your family history is, is important. If you're a smoker, if you're a drinker, um, if your job requires you to be on your feet or physical or sitting at a desk all day long, what your stress levels are, what your sleep and hydration and nutrition and exercise look like, what your pain is now how you're describing it, you know, some of those, um, descriptors can be really red flags for us. You know, worst headache I've ever had in my life is a big one. Mm. That's a refer out to hospital. They're most likely about to have a stroke or, um, about to have uh, potentially an aneurysm. Mm. Um, I've caught, I've caught some scary things in my time. Um, I actually just had a patient, um, who came in post colonoscopy with a whole bunch of abdominal pain. And she was 41, works out seven days a week in amazing shape and was coming to me for maintenance care to keep her spine in good alignment. She went for her 
um, went for a colonoscopy routine and ended up having all of this abdominal discomfort two weeks later. And both of both her gastro, her gastro and her regular doctor told her, don't worry about it, you know, give it some time. I was alarmed. There was something off about it. I said, you need to go right away and have a have an ultrasound done and let's see what's going on. Turned out she had a um, ovarian tumor the size of a grapefruit. Wow. Yeah, emergency surgery within the week. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, I just got chills. So, you know, once in a while, I have that kind of case walk in my office. I have referred out probably four or five strokes in my time. Um, usually, they walk in and they're usually they're pretty obvious. And usually, it's an older person. Um, it's somebody who is slowed. Um, I mean, I literally had a woman once years ago coming in a wheelchair and she wasn't feeling well. Her husband's pushing her in a wheelchair. She was in her sixties and one of her feet, you know how in a wheelchair, you've got those, um, foot pedals where you put your feet on the foot pedals were up and she was able to hold her left foot, like, you know, holding it still, but her right foot was literally dragging mm. behind the chair. And I'm like, mm-mm, 911, like something's not right. So yeah, I mean, we do have things like that walk in. Um, so yeah, being a good diagnostician and not just looking at the spine, but looking at everything, you know, to the to the point of you guys talking throughout your podcast about kind of an integrative healthcare approach, which I think is ultimately part of your message. It's really hard to look at someone nowadays, especially, and not take into account their gastrointestinal health, their um, cardiovascular health, their gynecological health, their endocrine health. I mean, all of those things play a part in what I'm doing if I want to be a good doctor. So I talk to people about all of these things. Um, And then once I get a really good understanding of what they're experiencing and what they're feeling and where they've been, um, then I have them go through a range of motion. I'll look and see how they're moving in their lower back and their neck and their upper back. Um, I'll do some orthopedic testing to see if there's an obvious sign of problem in the spine. And if they're having neurological symptoms like numbness, tingling, burning, loss of, you know, loss of muscle control or weakness, then I'll do some neurological testing. Um, we also, um, will palpate the spine and, and feel the areas that are bothering them to see what we can pick up with our hands. Um, and, um, and then if necessary, depending on the age and the issue that's going on and the history, I'll often refer out for either x-rays and or an MRI, depending on what, what they're dealing with. Um, if I'm referring out for films, I bring them back and we go over the films. Once they've come back, we go over the findings and then I'll treat them. If yeah. there's no, if there's no contraindication based on examination and history, then I'll usually treat on the first visit. Okay. Um, yeah. And what I was going to say, I mean, you're obviously extremely thorough and you, I would hope that most other chiropractors are, but they probably might not be. So like, how does someone find a trusted, good chiropractor? Like what would be the best way to do that? That's a good question. I wish I could say there wasn't um, differences from one chiropractor to another, but I think that's probably true for every health, every kind of yeah, every industry. Yeah. You know, there are some that are going to be you know more in tune and aware and and concerned and focused, and others who are going to kind of treat you more like a number and get in and get out. Um, I always tell people who are moving to other states. Um, to ask, you know, to, I mean, nowadays with technology, there's so many great places like, um, you know, besides Facebook and neighborhood listservs, there's also, um, what is it, that neighborhood app? Um, oh, I, um, 
next door. Next door. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Next door. So there's lots of good ways. I mean, where I am, there's always people asking for, you know, who's a good chiropractor in town. And I'm always watching to see what people are saying. So there's lots of referrals. I would look, start there, look for who else other people are seeing and, you know, talk to them, especially if you've got something specific going on. Like I think you mentioned earlier, I treat pregnant women, but many chiropractors do not. So, you know, if you're pregnant, you would want to look for other pregnant women who have seen a, a, a pregnancy trained chiropractor because we are, you know, a unique bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not something that everybody is well versed in. So looking for referrals, um, looking at people's websites, you know, what somebody puts into their website, I think really makes a difference and reading seeing how that resonates with you. And then honestly going and meeting them. And if after that first visit, you don't feel like they're a good match for you, then you need to move on and go somewhere else. Yeah, I think trusting your own intuition about how that person feels, or they, do they make you feel comfortable? Do you feel trusting? Do you feel like they're not what they know what they're talking about? Those are the things that I would recommend. Can I, that's good advice. Yeah. That's great advice. Can I ask personal questions? (laughs) Can I, can I get a little (laughs) diagnostics? Yeah. Uh, I, Amy knows I'm very, I'm very honest and revealing. So ask whatever you want. Well, I'm just curious. So, and we talked about this, actually, you're the, Debbie's the whole reason why I went to a chiropractor recently. Cause I, we chatted on the phone not that long ago and I found a great chiropractor that I'm thrilled with They're, I feel like they, they went through all the processes that you just explained. I feel, you know, really good feeling about them. So she did an x-ray and we found out that my hips were like misaligned and I'm thinking is, I guess I'm just curious, like, is this something that I was born with and it's just now aggravating me? Is this something that is happening over time? Like, like how do these things, how does that even happen? How old is your youngest, Katie? My youngest is four. My oldest is eight. Okay. Were you somebody who carried your kids on your hip a lot? Yes. On your side? Yes. Okay. And do you remember which side you carried? I carried them, them on, on this side all the time on my left. Which hip is? Which hip is high? I don't remember exactly, but that makes perfect I bet sense. It's your left. Uh, that makes. I bet it's your. Left. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm. But it's just so not bothering me so much, you know. It's because you spent eight plus four years carrying your children. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, I mean, I don't know how long you were carrying your older one. Probably, you know, probably up up until your younger one was born. I would imagine you probably spent about four years, you know, off and on carrying each of them. Um, and that in and of itself, you know, it's amazing. One of the reasons I got into pregnancy work is because I saw this huge void for moms, both pregnant moms and women after they give birth. I mean, in my opinion, that's the most physically taxing thing that we go through. And there's not much you can do to relieve your discomfort while you're pregnant. And um, post-pregnancy, after you give birth, my God, you're barely sleeping, you're changing diapers constantly, you're breastfeeding or you're bottle feeding, you're bending down. And and the biggest thing is that, and this is what I think is amazing about moms, women, we forget about ourselves because our maternal instinct is so, so strong that whatever our children need, our needs are like, we don't even hear them. So if you have something in your head that says, watch how you're bending, forget it. My kid's crying. I'm picking them up and putting them on my hip. So I watch moms every day put themselves into compromising positions at, you know, at the detriment of themselves for their children. And that I think is just part of our DNA. So 
if you're not going to someone or exercising, stretching, doing yoga, doing all of these things to counterbalance what you're doing on a given day, especially when your children are young, um, you will feel it and you will have issues. And I, I have like a kid's free policy in my office where I say, you know, bring the kids. If it means I can fix you and you don't have to pay for a babysitter, just bring them. And I've got toys in my office and sometimes we have lots of screaming kids, but it's okay because I'm there to help the mom. And I sometimes help the kids too. Yeah. That's, that's a really good message because you're right. When you first have a kid, you're going to be thinking about that. Right. And so it's like the last thing you would think about is like, Going I mean, to get adjusted, remember, or remember when you're walking into your kid's room and they're crying in the dark yeah. and they're grim, right. and you're like, are you thinking about how you're leaning into the crib right. to pick them up? No. They're like 20 pounds, and you're like, right. And it's like you're them. you're not also so in that phase where you're thinking about taking care of yourself. I feel like that comes a little bit later, so you're not even thinking like all the things. Like maybe if you knew what you knew now, you would maybe bend differently or whatever. But I remember too when my kids were born, and I was holding them so much, my like wrists and forearms were like killing me. And I was like, this is so strange. And I was like, oh, whatever. Right. You, know, you just ignore it. Right. Um, yeah. That's so interesting. I never thought about that. I know. That's a, that's I'm a really always good message. trying to educate my new moms about create space where you take, you know, let your kid cry for an extra 20 seconds so that you can put yourself in a better position before you start breastfeeding or, you know, don't change your baby on the floor, you know, let your baby, you know, have a poopy diaper for another couple of minutes, you know, and take them to a a more ergonomic place for you to change their diaper, things like that. Just thinking about, you know, doing things differently. So you're not harming yourself. So yes, Katie, your hip, I would look to that. Um, But one of the things that I do a lot with hips like that, especially if you see on x-ray that there's a misalignment and you can ask your chiropractor this, Sometimes there's just like a little um, insert that you can put into the shoe. It's like cork and it can be anywhere from, you know, like three millimeters to nine millimeters, but it goes under, it can go underneath the um, insert to your shoe and it'll just take your low hip. So if your hips are like this, you put it in this shoe so that your hip will come up and balance. Oh, so that's, that's cool. interesting. Okay. And it's, it's called a heel lift and it's just a, a very benign something that in, you know, like I usually sell, especially for someone like you, you probably need a bunch of them for all your shoes. But <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, do I have to switch it every time I wear a different pair of shoes? Cause that would be a problem. A just stick it in your shoe and then you don't even have to think about it. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. That's a great tip. I'm definitely going to um, ask about that because I like it's the alignments and the adjustments are without a shadow of a doubt helping, but it's, it's not fixed yet. And I can tell. And my other question for you is like, they want me to come three times a week. So when someone is first coming to you with a problem, how frequently do you like to see them? I can't get in three times a week. I'm trying, but it's like really once, what do you suggest? So, you know, it's, that's like a kind of a common, um, that's also a common myth or, you know, one of the things I had read, I had thought about when you asked me that question earlier was, um, you know, do I have to see the chiropractor for the rest of my life? Like, I don't want to become an addict and, you know, feel like I need this forever. That's, you know, a very common myth. Um, when somebody first starts care, depending on the issue and depending on what's going on with them, having them come twice or three times a week is usually what's recommended for the first four to six weeks. And the reason is not because we're trying to get as much money out of them as possible, but it's usually because the chronicity of the problem has been there, especially with someone like you and your, what you just described. 
it didn't just happen overnight or over the last couple of months. It wasn't like you slipped and fell two weeks ago and now your hip's been bothering you. It's probably been building for quite a number of years. So to correct it is not something that's going to happen with one or two visits. And if we see you once a week or once every other week, you're probably going to return to the lifestyle habits that you're doing that are aggravating it. And so you're it's kind of like a Band-Aid instead of really trying to address the underlying mm-hmm. problem, which we can do more readily if we see you in a closer together period of time. And then we're telling the spine once it's coming out of alignment, nope, you got to go back to this position. And then we're also encouraging you while we're working on you to talk to you about how are you sitting and how are you sleeping? And tell me when you sit down on the couch and watch TV, are you like, you know, folding your legs underneath your hips or are you, you know, thinking about where your legs are? Are you walking around the house barefoot or, you know, like all of these little things about your daily life are going to impact your, your healing. So I want to both treat it regularly for the first four to six weeks. And I want to educate you so that you're doing the right things when you're not with me to help facilitate the healing. Okay. All right. So someone would potentially go four to six weeks and then they're kind of in maintenance, in maintenance. mode after that. We yeah. have three, we have, everybody does it a little bit differently, but we have three phases of care and I call it acute for the first four to six weeks where I'm really trying to get you out of pain. The second phase is another four to six weeks, but we're seeing you less frequently once a week, once every other week. And that's called stabilization where I'm trying to just stabilize the issue. And then we move you to maintenance, which is typically once a month or once every two or three months. And then I'm just maintaining what we've done, kind of just making sure that you're still staying where you are. And, you know, that frequency can extend out if you're, if everything seems good, but periodically, I just want to check your issue and make sure that like the dentist that you're coming in and that your spine is aligned. Yeah. And I think it also depends on the severity of the issue, right? Because when I came to see you, I came in a few times, but they weren't in the same week. I think it was like once every few weeks yes. until I felt better. Yes. And, you know, now I haven't been back. So I think it also depends. How are you feeling? Can I ask? Fine. Yeah, Good. totally fine. I think, you know, just sometimes my neck will be in pain, but I'm a little bit more aware of it. I'm trying to stretch. And that's what I was going to ask you too for our listeners. So I love all the tips you just gave before. What are some tips like good stretches or things that people can do every day to keep their body in alignment? A lot of people are sitting on computers. Like what are small little things that people could start doing today? So my biggest recommendation, and I do this every single day, is to foam roll. Mm. Um, I absolutely love foam rolling and I think it is good for every single spine. Um, We spend so much time compressed you know, both at the computer, at work, with our children, you know, we're in this like compressed forward flexed kind of state. And if you can open up your spine and extend it and have a foam roller that kind of is rolling across it and helping you to just elongate and extend, I think that's an awesome tool. And there's so many videos on YouTube that can show you how to foam roll. Um, And that's a really inexpensive something that you can buy at Walmart or Target. Yeah, that's a great tip. Um, so foam rolling, number one, number two is when you are someone who's sitting in front of a computer all day or really anything and any job, I recommend stretching your neck. Um, and I recommend stretching it in six different positions, actually eight different positions. You both have, both are doing it. So you guys just both did lateral flexion. So left and right lateral flexion. Then you've got what we call flexion, which is going forward extension, which is going back. And then you've got rotation, which is turning to each direction. And then my favorite one, which is I call sniff the armpit where you're actually (laughs) 
bring the nose to the armpit and put your hand on the crown of the head and pull. Oh yeah. I love that one. Oh yeah. That's a nice one. Right. You show me these and I haven't been doing them. Yep. So that's going to really help both with the lower neck and the upper back. And Katie, what I then say is take your nose and take a deeper sniff. So go a couple degrees further (laughs) and then pull down towards. We're going to put this video out so people can see it. This is hilarious. Feel the upper back. It's also a good opportunity to make sure that you're not smelly. Um, That's great. (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah. that's really good because you just sit at your desk and do that when you're on a call. Um, I yeah, I haven't been. I forgot about those. I need to one more that, that I can recommend when you're in the car, and this is good for like you know my um, stage of life where I'm constantly driving my kids to a million different places. Is I'll you know just periodically I I recommend doing it at a light, not while you're driving, but I'll just um, retract my chin into the headrest mm. and just kind of push and hold, and that helps to strengthen the anterior neck muscles. And we spend so much time on what we call forward head carriage with the phone and the computer that by doing that and kind of using your headrest in your car, it really helps to remind your neck and your head that they, your head should really be right on top of your shoulders. Ears should be right on top of the shoulder mm. rather than here. So kind of pulling back, retracting like a chicken and pushing the head into the headrest and holding for five and then relaxing, that really is helpful. Yeah. So yeah. I love all these tips because it's, mm-hmm. I think, integrating these things into the things you're doing in your daily life. So it's not an extra task. It's like you're in the car anyway, you're out of light, do that, right? I sometimes do that with like one nostril breathing when I'm out of light just to relax. So I love that. Um, Okay. So quickly, before we get into our wrap session, Deb, I want to hear about, um, you know, running your practice as a businesswoman, because not only are you taking care of people on the daily, but you're running a really successful practice and it's a lot. So give us your kind of POV on that. I know you like that side of the business, but it's very different. It is. It's hard. It's great. And I love it. And I think I love it because I like people a lot. And I think what makes you good at it is, um, is, is being good to people and knowing, knowing what, how people want to feel. So I think, you know, I've always been a people person and I knew that I wanted to go into a field where I was working with people. Um, but there's a difference between working with people and really being in the right space um, in terms of helping them to feel both not intimidated, um, welcomed. Um, you know, my patients, I mean, I, I have a community of people who most of them come in and hug me. Hello. I mean, even, you know, now we ask like, is it okay if I hug you because of the pandemic, but <laughs> you know um, I have an environment that's really friendly and warm. And so that part of becoming successful was easy for me. The part, and I'll just back up and tell you that I have a father that's an entrepreneur. So I kind of grew up working in his office and, and watching him build multiple businesses. And so one of the boxes that I wanted when I was in college and trying to figure out what my career was going to be was a job in which I could be my own business owner someday, knowing Mm -hmm. that I could be a mom and that I could have a family and I could also have a business. And in healthcare, that's a little hard because I didn't want to be on call. I didn't want to be, you know, needed on the weekends. I didn't want to deliver babies in the middle of the night. So um, this field fit for me in that regard that I knew I could create my own practice and my own business. Um, but yeah, it is hard. I definitely have a lot more gray hair as a result. You can't tell cause I highlight, but, um, but yes, it's stressful. And the hardest part is probably just managing people 
um, staff management. And right now in the pandemic, I mean, this has been the hardest two years of my life. Um, Being a healthcare provider through a pandemic has really been challenging. I think healthcare providers have very much been on the front lines um, with teachers. You know, we are, we've, I mean, teachers were, I don't want to talk about teachers. They went through their own, you know, challenges, but I was, Amy, Amy and our other two closest friends and I have been on a text thread since a couple of days before the pandemic really hit. And um, I was the only one going to work every day. They were all home working from home and their careers and jobs continued in the comfort of their home. And I was home for six weeks and then back in the office with a ton of PPE on, having no idea if I was going to bring COVID back into my home, but having too many people in pain and hurting that I had no choice but to go in. So it's that part of the responsibility of, of being available for people, you know, in a snowstorm, like I usually open and I'm usually there because I feel a responsibility to be. So it's an awesome, um, it's an awesome reality that I've created this business and that it's successful, but it definitely comes with a, a lot of stress and a lot of burdens that, you know, people who don't own businesses don't really know from. Right. But you wouldn't change it. No, I wouldn't because I absolutely love the freedom and I could never imagine having someone tell me what to do now. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel you on that. Um, okay. So we're going to get into our wrap session. So besides um, keeping your spine aligned, what would you say is your favorite wellness or beauty hack? So I told you about the foam rolling. That's definitely yes. number one. And number two that you might, um, that we didn't really touch on. And this is a big one for me. Um, is I take a CBD gummy every night before bed. Nice. And I started doing that over the last six months, six to to nine months or so, both because I feel more discomfort physically than I used to. And um, hormonally, I am in a stage where I was like waking up in the middle of the night every night at like three in the morning, like on the nose and wide awake and couldn't Mm. get back to sleep. And so that insomnia was something really new for me. And the CBD, which has um, really awesome anti-inflammatory benefits, helps me to stay asleep. And I have an awesome night of sleep because of it. What brand? So I actually sell this brand in my practice. It's called Noetic Nutraceuticals. And it was created by a friend of mine who I um, believe you know, wholeheartedly in his science and in the the process in which they went through to create it. And that's probably a whole nother podcast in and of itself, Mm. but not all CBD is created equal. Yes. I I agree with Um, that. Go ahead. Yeah. But no, that's probably my best health hack besides the foam roll. That's a good one. I'm going to have to try it because I was doing CBD like tinctures for a little while at nighttime. This was a couple, this was like during the pandemic in the beginning. And you're right. They're not all created equal. Like I, I, I had to stop because I don't know, it just, it wasn't working for me, but I would really love to try mm-hmm. that one. Okay. Sure. The next one, we call it our five minute flow. Just got out of the shower Uber pinged you. They're five minutes away. What are you going to do to get into that Uber on time? Get yourself ready. What are your holy grails, your go-tos? You know, Amy's going to totally laugh at this and she could probably answer this for me. And the answer <laughs> is Uber's going to have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like never a possibility for me to get out the door in five minutes. There's a joke. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have an issue with punctuality. So <laughs> um, getting out the door in five minutes, Uber might have to wait an extra minute or two. But um, yeah, what would I do? I um I don't ever 
ever get dressed without putting body cream on all over face cream, legs, hands. I think I'm like a little dry. So like if I don't do that, I, I feel weird. Um, so that's number one. Number two would be, um, hair gel. I have curly hair as you can see. And so like just throw hair gel in and then run out the door and mascara lipstick, even during masking lipstick. Wow. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Just to make you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Made you feel like finished. Yeah. Finished or like, you know, like going out lipstick. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's great. Okay. And how do you maintain your daily nirvana? Oh, that's a good question. And to be totally honest, there's lots of days where my nirvana is missing. Um, Mm. I think it's hard Um, being a mom, business owner, chiropractor. I am often needed by everyone else. And so the biggest challenge for me is creating space where I get to exist without anyone needing me. Some days I can accomplish it and other days I cannot. Um, Exercise, um, nice weather. This morning I went out for a walk and oh my God, it's so gorgeous out. Um, And honestly, this is going to sound really ridiculous. My dog. Yeah, that's great. Because that's an unconditional constant. And I love that she doesn't really need much from me. That's so sweet. What kind of dog? What kind of dog is she? She's a beagle collie mix and she's just this is like the best dog you've ever met. She has the best personality. She's like a human and she is like so sweet and so friendly and like she's such a sweet. Oh, I love good Thank puppy you. snuggles. That's great. I love that. Yes. Nice. Yes. And that's probably what brings me my nirvana more than anything is coming home to her because she is just always super happy and only wants to just And love she's me. obsessed with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm obsessed with her. So it's, it's I don't great. blame you. She's the Thank sweetest. You. That's so sweet. Um, so I have a quick product review that, um, I think Debbie, you might have an opinion on, which is why I wanted to review this today. And I haven't, I don't have a full review because I'm still um, trying it, but I recently got this um, LED lights, like this red light. I'm going to put it in the screen. I saw that in your bedroom and I was like, what is this contraption? I'm not surprised Amy is the one that has it. (laughs) Of course. So I've been wanting to try red light forever because I've heard it has really great benefits, anti-inflammatory. It's supposed to be really good for so many different issues. And this one I got on Amazon, but I had seen it because I got a facial a couple of months ago or something. And the woman, when she had my mask on or something, did this red light, but it was like a portable one. So um, we'll share a picture of it on our Instagram, but it's kind of like um, a small little LED light that's flexible and can go over your face. So you just sit there for 10 minutes or 20 minutes and it goes on your face. So I've I haven't carved out enough time to do it. Like a lot of people do it daily, a couple times a week. I have noticed that when I do it, my skin does look good, but I know it's cumulative. But I would love to hear your thoughts, Deb, on red light therapy because I know it's very much like in vogue right now and a lot of people are starting to use it. But I I have heard it has incredible benefits, but I want to hear your point of view on it. Well, I don't really know a lot about it in terms of facial rejuvenation, um, but I would love to come over and try it at your house. Um, but I know that my acupuncturists, we have red lights, um, we have red light lamps in my Mm -hmm. office and, um, I, I dry needle and they do acupuncture. And when I have the needles in the person's back, um, we put the red light on top Yeah, and it's supposed to help further the benefit of the needle into the tissue. So I know that there's definitely some, you know, Eastern philosophy that the red light, um, is really helpful, um, and that it really can benefit, um, 
you know, tissue and wellness and reduce inflammation and all of that. So I would imagine it should be good for the face. I've never tried it. Yeah. And this one, actually, I use it for my face, but like if I had, uh, you know, joint pain or something, they say this is flexible. So you could like put it on your arm, you could put it on your leg, you can really put it anywhere. Um, We were actually thinking, I'm not forgetting one, but we've been researching like the red light saunas, like the the big ones that you can walk in because it's supposed to be just so good for you, like for every part of your body. So anyway, I'm testing it out. I'll keep I'll keep the audience informed on it, but so far so good. Just got to carve out a little bit more time for it, but that's that's a fun one. And Amy, what was um, the brand yeah. and the name of that, and how much was it? Oh yeah, sorry. This one I researched. Um, this one's on Amazon. It's called Hydra Skincare PD PDT LED Light Photodynamic Facial Skincare Rejuvenation Photon Therapy Machine. It's two hundred and seventy nine dollars. Um, I will put a link to it, but I had researched this one and I feel like this was the one she had recommended, et cetera. So we will talk about that. And just for everyone listening, if anybody wants to reach out to Debbie, I would say to go to your website, right? Deb, is that the best sure. place for people to find you? It's blockchiropractic.com. No, it's actually oh, sorry. chiropracticcenter.com. Sorry, it's Block block chiropractic center. center. Okay, great. And there's a contact on there where you can just click and send an email and it'll come right to us that you're if you're interested. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And, and we're going to close that. Uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that besides chiropractic, there's also acupuncture and massage therapy too, if that was something else that somebody wanted to look for. And we can do a podcast in the future talking about those things. I know. I would love to. And I was saying to Debbie when I was there, I'm like, I need to spend a whole day here. I need to get adjusted. Then I need to get a massage. Yeah, then I need to do These are all the things that I love. This is like mm-hmm. a Nirvana day for me. Um, but, and, okay. And we always like to so go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. I was just going to say like, that's something that I love so much about what you do. It's like, it's holistic. You're approaching the mm-hmm. body holistically. And, and, um, I, I, I just, I think it's great. We were, when we first started doing, thinking about doing this episode with you, you know, you can think like we were saying before, like the chiropractic care, it's just adjusting the, the, the bones and the spine, but it's so much more than that. And I love that our listeners learned that today. Uh, and I just love your approach you. and everything. So, so thank you for being with us today, Debbie. Thank yeah. you guys. I really appreciate you having me. All right. Yeah. And we always like to close out with a mantra to set a tone uh, for the end of the episode. So Katie has one for us today. I do. And it is... Be kind to yourself. Your body is a temple and you are the goddess that resides within it. So take care of your body and go find a chiropractor. That's a good one for for this episode. It's perfect. Thank you. Good one. Thanks, Thanks for listening to Nirvana Sisters. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Also, find us on Instagram at Nirvana Sisters. If you loved what you just listened to or know someone that would, please share it and tag us. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of Nirvana Sisters. We'll continue to watch out for all things wellness so you don't have to. Bye.